You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. We have 12 core values that actually define the way we do life together. And uh, th- these 12 can be actually narrowed down to four. And if you have your um, brochure, your bulletin for this series, you'll see on, on the back side it's got four, to love, to serve, to give, to create. And to, to love, we know everyone needs to be loved, right? And we all need to be serving, there's, there's a time where we serve, but then there's a time that we serve others. And then a time to give, to, to give, whether it's to those in need, to give of our time, to give of our gifts and talents for the purpose of God, and then to create. And, and you see, we have been created in God's image and likeness, so that means you and I have creative ability within us. Uh, what you see, I mean, it, it's wonderful when you even see little kids drawing pictures and coloring papers, and my office is full of them. All these kids bring them to me. Pastor, this is for you. Uh, But there's that creative ability in us, and so these are all part of our core values. Core values are guiding principles that really determine how we relate to each other and how we relate to those outside these four walls. And we have actually 12. I'm going to read them to you. I mean, they're in your your bulletin here, and I I need to make a, a let you know, to the scriptures here, that was a problem with the printer. They don't correlate with those. So if you're trying to figure that out over the last 12 weeks, wondering how come Ephesians uh, is in there so many times, and um, those are the wrong verses that never got to the printer in time, the corrected verses. So apologize for that. So number one, we're people who cannot be broken. That means we're overcomers. We're a family that will always forgive. Forgiveness is so vital. You, you cannot really exist in a relationship without forgiveness. Number three, we're peacemakers in a world at war. Number four, we're a body that when damaged will heal. We believe that Jesus came not only to set the sinner free from sin, but to heal the sick and afflicted. Number five, we're a safe place for the poor and for rich. We believe that God is cultivating among us a culture of generosity where we can together do something great for the kingdom. Number six, we're a haven for those who are tired. I believe God has strength for us in our weakness. Number seven, we are a friend who will never grow weary. Relationships, friendships are so vital and so important to building the kingdom of God. God is a God of relationships, and he wants to interact with each of us and wants us to interact with each other. Number eight, we are enablers for those who seek truth. We are to be a witness. We are to be an example to those around us. Number nine, we're a journey that never grows old because God's given us a purpose. And with this purpose, we run with this purpose. God not only has a a corporate purpose, but he has an individual purpose for each and every one of you. Then number 10, we are servants who love without an agenda. Jesus said the greatest among you is the servant of all. And, And to cultivate a servant's heart, he set that example of servant leadership. The one who was supposed to lead took the role of the servant. Number 11, We are in awe of the one true God. 
We need to have an encounter with him. It's one thing to know that God is awesome. It's another thing to experience how, how awesome he is. And then number 12, what we're going to talk about today, kind of summing up this whole thing, we are a refuge. And a refuge is a safe place. A refuge is a shelter or protection from danger, from trouble. You know, have you ever been out in a storm and all of a sudden it's blowing and winding and you're just looking for shelter? You're looking for cover? You know, I've seen motorcycles on a, on a freeway. They'll look for an underpass when it starts raining and they'll pull under that underpass and they'll take shelter under that underpass because they don't want to get that downpour all over them. You know, it's not fun. Uh, a shelter, a refuge is a place of safety. It's anything to which one has recourse for aid, relief, or escape. A refuge is a source of help or comfort in times of trouble. And see, we're living in a generation, we're living in a season where the world's in chaos, the world's in trouble. And I know that prophetically and by God's determination, he has given us this assignment to be a refuge for the time that we live in. I believe that with all my heart. The word refuge is actually found 100 times in the New, New International Version of the Bible and almost 70 times in the New King James. Now, some render it different. Sometimes it says shelter, some say refuge, but it's in the book a lot. There's a lot of mention of refuge. And, and have you noticed that since we've relaunched and changed the name, whenever you're reading the Bible, when you come across the word refuge, it kind of just jumps out at you? It does to me, and I thought, whoa. It's, it's amazing to see how much this word is actually in the Bible. So that means it's relevant, it's significant uh, for our lives. Now, to give you a little backdrop of refuge too, because in the Bible we see where uh, Moses was instructed to set aside cities of refuge once the children of Israel were in the promised land. In the Bible, we see that there were six cities of refuge. Uh, and that was set aside for places, or places that were a safe place for people that were accused of manslaughter. You know, and many times back then, they didn't take time for trial if, you know, uh, and let's just give you a little scenario. Let's say you're chopping wood with your neighbor. And as you're chopping wood, the head of the axe flies and hits your neighbor, hits him in the head, kills him. And, you know, it, it was an accident. It wasn't meant. It wasn't malicious. Back then, it was an eye for an eye and two for the tooth. Oh, you killed your neighbor. Now his family is going to come back and they're going to kill you. That was kind of the standard of the day of how they did things. And so the city of refuge was a, a city that they could flee to for protection. They were hands off. People, the family, friends couldn't come and say, okay, we're going to take him out because he killed my neighbor. He killed my friend. He killed my father. He killed my son. So these cities of refuge were designated as safe cities for people under those kind of circumstances, okay? And... Uh, they were Levitical cities. Uh, three of them were on one side of the Jordan River, three on the other side. Uh, so they were in places that were accessible for most parts of the nation of Israel. Now the avenger of death would seek out the life of the manslaughter uh, 
uh, under the law because back then it was eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And, but in the city of refuge, they were immune from the consequences of their actions. In Numbers 35, verse 14, we see the scripture passage relating to this. It said, you shall appoint three cities on this side of the Jordan, and three cities you shall appoint in the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge. Verse 15 goes on to say, these six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel. Okay, so that, that's a safe place then for the believer, okay? And then it says, for the stranger. In other words, if, if maybe, you know, you ever been around a stranger, they're kind of strange. Uh, it can be in reference to people that may not be believers or people that are not part of the nation of Israel, okay? And for the sojourner among them. In other words, there's somebody passing through. They're passing through the area. That anyone who kills a person accidentally may flee there. So this really kind of spells out and, and defines what these cities of refuge were for. Then finally, when Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land, in Joshua 2020, this issue comes up again because now the time was to appoint these cities. And so Joshua 20, verse 2 says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. So again, what was spoken to Moses is now being carried out through his successor, Joshua. Now let me say this very plain and very clear. Um, this has been God's determination for us as a church to be a refuge. I believe it's by God's appointment. It's not by my desire, it's by God's determination and God's purpose. And the reason I say this because uh, 31 years ago when we were getting ready to start this church, I named it. I thought it was a good name, a catchy name, and one of the motivations was because I, there was a, another brother in Christ that had started a work that had kind of failed. It was under that similar name. I changed it a little bit, but just to keep with the spirit and the flow of, of what had been established as a foundation because our founding members were all part of that first church. And so I kind of renamed it what it originally started under another pastor's leadership. Um, <laughs> I do get tongue-tied sometimes. But, and, and you know, I, I have to tell you, God will use you even if you have a speech impediment. You know, I, I question him, Lord, you can't use me as a preacher. I, why did you call me? You know I have a problem speaking. People say, what is that accent? Well, it's impediments, okay? Um, yeah, you've heard that before, right? Anyway, so about 11 years ago, uh, while... Uh, praying in prayer, the Lord spoke to me. We were actually getting ready to celebrate our 20th anniversary as a church. The Lord spoke to me out of the book of Revelation, in chapter 3, where the scripture says, I'll give you a new name. And something inside of me, I, I just had this sense, God, you're going to give us a new name for the church. And I, I knew it was for the church. And yet, right away, I said, okay, what is it? And I just felt like the Lord said, it will be revealed in time. I didn't think it would take another 11 years another 10 years. But God has revealed it. And now that he's revealed it, we're moving in this season of change. And let me tell you, change is not easy for a lot of people. 
It's really not. But yet if we don't change, if we want to remain the same, we're going to miss what God is doing in this moment. And you've heard me say this. We need to be willing to sacrifice our preferences in order to embrace the purpose of God because his purpose is what's most important. That's what we need to go after. Oh, yeah, I, I, I might prefer this. You know, my dad, if, if we would have worship, he's sitting out there, it would be a polka service. He would want polkas. That's his favorite music. He gets into that. Now, that may not be your preference, but it's his. We all have different preferences, okay, right? And so uh, it's understanding we, we have to set them aside when we embrace what God wants for our lives. Can you say amen? So now we understand that God is our refuge. So the church isn't, in a sense, does not replace God. Okay? The, the name of the church only designates our purpose and our vision. Okay? Understand that refuge is not just a place but a person. When we look at who our refuge is, God is our refuge. Jesus Christ is our refuge. It's a person. In Deuteronomy 33, and I'll confirm that through these scriptures, Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is, our, is your refuge. Hallelujah. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, you've got support. He's holding you up. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy. In other words, God's going to go, whatever is coming against you, God's going to go after it. He's going to destroy it, okay? And Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Ever get in trouble? Did you know that God gets in trouble? Ever hear that one? God gets in trouble? Well, when you get in trouble, he gets in trouble because he gets in trouble to get you out of trouble, okay? Do you follow me on that? So, in Psalm 62, verse 8, it says, Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. He is our refuge. In Psalms 119, verse 114, You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. So all of these verses, and there's many more, that speak of him being our refuge in, in different applications in our life, in what we're dealing with and what we're going through. Every week, with every core value, I've asked this question and I've answered this question, giving you three or four points. Like, what does it mean when we say we are a refuge? We did that with every core value. So today, what does it mean when we say we are a refuge? What does it mean for us to be a refuge? Number one, it means we are a safe place for people. A safe place for people to come to find out what they really need. Now, for people to experience the ministry of reconciliation, not the ministry of condemnation. Now, what is reconciliation? The word reconciliation, we see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It literally means to restore back to favor with God. Because man in his condition was alienated from God because of sin that was passed on to us through Adam, through the fall. And as a result of that, there was alienation. We could not come into God's presence. Because of sin in us, we would be destroyed or 
alien, uh, uh, just put out, we would uh, be annihilated because of that sin, that sin nature in us. But reconciliation was the act of God through Christ to bring us back into restoration into God's favor. And that's the message we're to preach. The ministry of reconciliation, you can study that out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 towards the end of the chapter. Now, sometimes people don't know they need Jesus when they come through these doors. They think they're okay, they're cool, they're tough. They don't think they really need Jesus because they got it all together, so they think. But we're to help them find out that they really need Jesus, that they can't do it on their own, that they can't save themselves. We're to help people chart or navigate through the most crucial part of their existence, and that is their spiritual well-being, so that they can come into a place where they make their peace with God, where they receive forgiveness of sins, and begin to walk in a journey with God that transforms their life and equips them with a new vision, a new purpose, and the unfolding of all that God is for them and to them. I tell you, you know, we've only scratched the surface. I've been walking with God a few years, and I still feel I've got such a long way to go. But I'm encouraged knowing that the others going with me, that I'm not doing this thing alone, serving God and, and following Jesus. So number one, what does it mean when we say we are a refuge? It means we are a safe place for people. Now, I want to say this too, because you are here to make an eternal impact. We live in this temporary world to make an eternal impact. So how are you impacting eternity in this temporal world? You can only really do it when you totally surrender to Jesus Christ and his purpose for your life. You know, some people say, oh, it's, that's good for you. You know, it's good that you love God. It's good that you're serving Jesus. But I'm just not that spiritual. I'm just not that kind of person. Why not? God has a plan for you just as he does for everyone else. And so don't think that this, this God stuff is just not for me. I don't want to just be, you know, so holy that I'm no earthly good. You know, and, and that's an expression people use. But I tell you, or heavenly minded, that you know earthly good. Uh, you can be heavenly minded, and I promise you will be earthly good. You know? Um, so number two, what does it mean when we say we are a refuge? What that means, it means that we're willing to sacrifice our preferences in order to embrace God's purpose. So be willing to embrace change. Now, there may be demands, there may be challenges that push us beyond our comfort zone, but realize when it comes to serving God, it's not going to always be the most comfortable situation because there is a cost, there is a price to pay when it comes to serving others, we need to be selfless in a sense. We need not to be selfish because we're basically selfish people. The human nature is basically selfish. And it's an effort for us to be selfless. 
Number three, it means we are fulfilling what God has determined and mandated for us as a church body. When we say we're a refuge, we are fulfilling God's mandate. And I'm thrilled and privileged to be here during this season and during this transition and during this time because God is at work. I want to, as I bring this message to conclusion, I want to focus on Jesus Christ, our refuge. Now, it's not difficult to see definite spiritual parallels for these cities of refuge that God set up. The city of refuge really represents Jesus. We come to him. In Psalms 9.9, it says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. So the city of refuge represents Jesus. Number two, the avenger of blood typifies Satan. In 1 Peter 5.8, the Bible says that, that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In Revelation 12.10, the scripture says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's bringing accusation against you even before God. He's accusing you just as he did with Job. He's an accuser. He's bringing accusation. He said they've sinned. They deserve death. They don't deserve love. They don't deserve life. They deserve death. Satan is the accuser. Number three, the slayer, the manslayer, is the sinner, which all of us are or were. We are responsible, folks, for the unintentional manslaughter of Jesus. We are. That's a sobering thought. But in Acts chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when that wasn't the day of Pentecost, that was a few days later, okay? I get, get the story right here. Uh, he declared in verse 14, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you. That was Barabbas, verse 15. And killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Now, the crowd of that day, maybe they didn't personally pound the nails into Jesus' hand or hang him on the, hang him on the cross or put him to death, but it was them that put him there because of their sin. And, and that is brought out here in the scripture. In Hebrews 6.18, it says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. That refuge is Jesus. We flee to him. We come to him. And then finally, number four, because before I share this, uh, how the stipulation was for the city of refuge. The person could be safe in the city of refuge if he left that city, you know, and, a, and one of the relatives of the person he accidentally killed were to find him, they could kill him. But once the high priest of that city of refuge died, then that manslayer was off the hook. Then he was free to go anywhere in the country and he was immune from the penalty of death by those who uh, were avengers. And so we understand, number four, Jesus is the high priest who died 
for us to be made free. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.